Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Would you feel better about Tennessee if Nico comes out and plays well, if he were to play and play well, or would you feel better about Joe Milton and a close loss to Georgia. So far, 67% of the people say a close loss to Georgia would be better than Nico coming out and playing well in a Bulldog loss. And you'll notice, Caleb, by design, I didn't uh, throw out if it was a close loss or not because playing Nico or playing any freshman is going to come with some stumbles and that could occur against Georgia. So might be a one-sided loss, might be close. But the question is, and I'll ask you, Nico playing well in a Bulldog loss or a close loss to Georgia with Joe? Which would be the better sign for Tennessee's state of the program moving forward, Caleb? Well, I mean, if you present that to me, I don't think it's a question. I, I disagree with our with the audience. It's Nico playing well in a loss. I think it's very clearly Nico playing well in a loss, particularly against a team as good as Georgia. The question is, is Nico going to play well against Georgia if you throw him out there? Or will he just get wrecked on the first play? And so I just think that given that fact and given where you've ridden with all year, I think you roll the dice still with, well, not roll the dice, actually. I think you still play it safe with Joe and let him finish out this year. And so that's where I met with it because I will get to this later in the show. I want to save this, but like Joe I think does give you a better chance on Saturday. I do believe that. I actually do too, but I would still play Nico in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, maybe not starting the game. Uh, but well, maybe George will be blow, blowing him out so much that you will see Nico in the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, save mop up duty for Gaston Moore at this point is is my thoughts. He he. Yeah, it w- the worst case scenario would be for Nico to go out there and get hurt in some sort of mop-up duty role that he's played all year. And that could happen. I mean, non-contact injuries happen all the time. So that would be the worst case scenario. But uh, let's go to the message board as some people have already weighed in. Travis, good morning to you. And uh, that was a tough loss for Spencer. You're absolutely right. And uh, Cody saying, I told you we'd lose to Mizzou without Haddon. Everybody loves 
Kamal Haddon out now that he's hurt and out. Um, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button for me. We want to bring more people in on the program. Carlos on Facebook saying go balls. We appreciate that. So uh, more comments, more likes, more subscribes. We greatly appreciate that. The channel and the show and the site continue to grow and we thank you. So let's get to some topics de jour coming off the Missouri loss as again, today's tough question. Would you feel better about Tennessee's program if uh, Joe Milton uh, goes out and plays the entire game in a close loss against Georgia or Nico Iamaleva plays well? How did I do in the pronunciation there, Caleb? Uh, not great. It's Iamaleava. Iamaleava. I was just kidding. Iamaleava. Um, so a couple of other questions. Let's ask the Vols state of the program after the Mizzou loss. I can wipe away the Florida loss with center Cooper Mays out and a lack of depth because of a coaching change uh, two and a half years ago. I can wipe that away. I can wipe away the Alabama loss because you only played poorly for a half and Alabama is still one of the preeminent programs in college football and you're facing the best coach of this generation. So I can wipe that one away too as understandable losses. I have a lot of trouble wiping away not only the Mizzou loss, but the way Tennessee lost to Mizzou. That was a very disconcerting showing on Saturday. So what stands out to you more, the way Tennessee lost to Mizzou this year or the way they lost to South Carolina last year? And wow. You know, that was, that was brought up in our post-game show, Caleb. I almost look at them as like dogs and cats. I mean, there are two completely those are two completely different games and i still think if not for the jeremy banks situation that week of missing a practice and getting into a tussle with joe milton that tennessee beats south carolina i know that sounds insane as one-sided as it was and i'm curious if you agree with that or not i i i knew the weekend of the reason of the south carolina debacle i still don't understand this one does that make does that make sense yeah, I, I feel you on that. I, I could maybe explain this away. There were some other, there was no Jeremy Banks factor in the game. And there was also no, look, we know this. We both, I think, believe that South Carolina may have had access to Tennessee's defensive signals in that game last year. Um, and because there, of the whole Michigan you, scenario, for those that haven't followed it, it's, it's quite possible. Yes. Yes, it is very possible. This one, I think what got me with this one that stood out the most was. This is this is a little bit of panic time about the personnel of Tennessee after this year. They have issues on the offensive line specifically, and they have issues at linebacker specifically that they still have not addressed in year three. Now, I, when I say they have issues on the offensive line, that's not to knock the players in there, but they can't go 10 deep right now. They can't deal with injuries. They're still making basic mistakes. There were three drives, as I talked about on Saturday, killed because of holding penalties that shouldn't have been committed. Two third and twos that were stuffed. Tennessee just lost the battle in the trenches on offense. And then on defense, they well, we're underrating, and I'll get to this in the blame pie, but like that Keenan Peely injury was devastating because they haven't found somebody to replace him. And we're going to talk about that. But before we get there, we got to say, Dave, how bad is your program when you depended that you needed a transfer linebacker that much? as a whole and you still haven't fixed that issue and and i think that because of that there is concern 
I don't necessarily hate all the play calling. I thought Saturday was Josh Heupel's worst game as a play caller. You thought it was Florida. I had no problem with Florida. I thought Saturday was his worst by far as a play caller. Um, but uh, I don't. I actually, yeah, I probably would go with Alabama. Are you talking about amongst the losses? Yeah, amongst the losses. I would no, go I'd with Alabama as the worst as a play caller. I'll break. I'm still going to go with Missouri, but that's fair. I don't think I don't think it's panic time yet. I still say this. A generational quarterback can change everything. And this does go back to the Nico talk. I do think Tennessee has a generational quarterback of the future with ne for next year. And a lot of coaches that have success, AKA one who just got fired, have their success because a generational quarterback landed into their lap. I think Josh Heupel got a generational quarterback fall into his lap that we'll, that we'll be seeing a lot of next year. Yep. All right. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So I ask you these three questions, and I want to pose it to the message board as well. Um, where are the balls as a program after the Mizzou loss? I would say that they're they're, they're the same place. They're, they're middle of the pack in the SEC, the upper half for sure. I would say the upper third. Um, however, I think, and I don't want to pick one guy specifically, but Elijah Herring, who you reference a linebacker position, that guy should be playing defensive end. He doesn't have the hips to flip and and get downfield, and he doesn't play sideline to sideline. So I think that would have been Arian Carter's position, or you would have slid Aaron Beasley back to the mic. Um, so, yeah, I understand the transition there, talking about injuries. So, But I, I do think you bring up a great question. Uh, the Vols as a program after the uh, Mizzou loss. <clears throat> and that is, does, does Tennessee have a talent gap from the older guys to the younger guys? And I, I think they they do. Is it panic time? You also ask, I would ask Tennessee's fans that on our message board. I say no. Um, I don't believe that is that is the case at all. But I do think it's fair to say, huh, I, I'm, I'm not as sky high on Josh Heupel as I was this time a year ago, headed into the South Carolina game. So uh, all of those, let me let me pose those questions to the message board, but let me pose it to you, Caleb. What do you think? Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think my I'm gonna get to hypo real quick too, because even though I question some play calling, I got we got to point this out, Dave, and I think it's time to bring this up. Hypo is not an in-game adjustments coach, and that that the book is out on him on this. You know what his record is when trailing at halftime? Not good. One in ten as a head coach. One in ten. Now, again, a lot of those times are games where they're blowouts and he was going to lose. It didn't matter the first half or the second half. But we, you bring up the Alabama game, and at one point, I, I see that I'm looking at the play calling just from was this the right play at this time? But I'm not thinking about it from an adjustments overall schematic standpoint. I don't think Josh Hyper really changes up his game plan at halftime. Do you? I haven't seen that yet. I think the idea is much like the option game, uh, the running option that that should take care of itself. The safety should be somewhat in, in caught in the middle and it should take care of itself. So I don't think he's had to make a lot of halftime adjustments, but that should be a muscle you should flex and be able to work. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so you think because I guess that's because Tennessee runs an offensive system and there's a difference between running an offensive system and then just play calling play to play. Cause Spurrier was call it play to play. Right. It wasn't like some like system that you teach of like three plays or four plays. You're right. So I guess because you call it run a system, you're not necessarily going to change things up as much. But, I mean, Urban Meyer ran a system, and I thought he was pretty darn good at in-game adjustments, wasn't he? Even though he was a system coach? Yes, and I think that – it's funny you bring up Spurrier. I think he was poor at halftime adjustments. I think he relied on his offense to find its way and the defensive talent to rise to the occasion. This from the message board – uh, does this team want Nico? The reaction to his first TD seemed overkill in a way that made me think that just a thought, not trying to start a rumor. So uh, does this team want Nico uh, as as far as the upperclassmen? I don't know. Caleb, you brought up a great point that, that could signal it's time for a youth movement. You could have a ton of guys leave before the bowl game and opt out. But the question is, um, as you head into the offseason, there needs to be a sense of optimism around this program when it comes to recruiting and more. I'm not sure that you can get that with a close loss by Joe Milton to Georgia because Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's going to happen. So, Caleb, I think they're – listen, I'm not telling Josh Heupel how to coach, okay? He's a better coach than me. But I'll tell you, if you want to win the PR battle, you're going to play Nico, right? There's no argument about that. If you want to win the PR battle, you play Nico. Just the PR battle. I don't think so. Only because there's some people that want to see Milton finish out the season. You want to keep the team together. And also, again, this debate that we're having right now, Dave, what is it? The second to last week of November, the second to last week of the regular season. This debate that we're having right now, it's all going to be forgotten next summer. Whether or not he plays Nico won't matter when next summer comes. And you're focused on Nico as the starter for 2024 anyway. And mm, I mean, I would, reason I would disagree with that. If he goes out there against Georgia, and let's say a split duty role, and he's 16 of 22 for 185 yards against that defense, I think you're pretty excited. Yeah, but I think you're excited about Nico, period. I don't think okay. you I, – I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And by the way, guys, you're probably going to see him in the bowl game. Dave, I think the chances are less than 50% Joe Milton plays in the bowl game. I don't know what you do, but I think it's less than 50%. And as a matter of fact, for everybody that complains about opt-outs – I like older guys opting out if I'm a fan of a team. I want my favorite team's players opting out of the bowl because they're going to the draft anyway. What, what good does a bowl have? 
All right. As good as his wins have been, his losses have definitely showed some major holes in his play calling that on our message board talking about Josh Heupel. Smoky Mountain Red says no panic here. We had lightning in a bottle last year that sent expectations to a crazy level with certain fans. This overall roster is still being built and getting better. Let me apply. I agree with what Smoky Mountain. Yeah, I do agree with what Smoky Mountain Red said. I don't think that a hiccup like uh, Saturday, which was a major hiccup. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you still had the SEC East to play for theoretically. We know that that wouldn't have been a possibility later in the day, but that's a pretty pretty major hiccup. Um, Roto22 saying the optimism is already here. We already have Nico and something to look forward to. Not seeing him play doesn't quite change that. That's exactly what Caleb says. And then Roto22 says play Joe. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.